Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to a next episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And this is Brenda Shoshana. Uh, back again with a new episode for today. It's a pleasure to be here with all of you, even though I speak with some of you, which I love, and I don't see some of you. I feel you're there with me listening, and it's a great feeling. It's a joy to be here. So our episode for today is called, Is That So? This is one of my favorite little Zen stories, but it's not simply a little Zen story or the way it sounds like. It's really a tremendous moment of guidance, especially the way the world is today, a wonderful moment of guidance, a raindrop boom, that falls so simply that you don't even hear it falling. Is that so? Simple little statement. And yet this little raindrop contains the entire ocean. This little saying contains the entire teaching in its own way, the way many of the sayings do. So let's get into it a little bit. It's from a beautiful story that many of you may have heard about Hakuin Zenji, who was this great Zen master who lived in a town and he was greatly, greatly loved, honored, praised by all of the people in the town. They brought him food. They gave him great reverence and acclaim. Day by day, he was considered to be a very wonderful, dedicated monk, practicing, practicing. And they brought him, as I said, many, many offerings and much praise. And his response was, oh, is that so? <laughs> Okay, so he enjoyed that, I assume. I'm not, that's not part of the story. That's my addition to it. I, I'll take that back. Um, let's just say he, this is what happened in his life at that point. And then suddenly, there was a young woman in the town who became pregnant with a baby, and she was not married. And, of course, what happened then is the father of the child, he couldn't really handle the situation, and he ran away. Boom, gone. So the young woman was very distressed, and she told all of the townspeople, oh, Hakuin is the father of this baby. This monk is the father of my unborn baby. <gasps> Hara, the town was horrified. Scandal, another scandal in the ancient days. My goodness, and we thought he was so great. We thought he was such a wonderful monk. We've given him food and praise. So the food was taken away except for a little tiny bit to sustain him, barely. The praise turned to blame. Oh, you're the worst. You're a fraud, on and on and on. Hakuin heard all about all of this, and he said, Is that so? Then the young woman went running to him, when the baby was born and said to him, this is your child here, you take care of this baby. This is your baby. You take care of the baby. And Hakuin extended his arms lovingly to receive the baby and said, is that so? Took the baby, without another word, took the baby, took wonderful care of this little baby. And as life would have it, as conditions would have it, 
About a couple of years later, the father of the child returned to town. He missed the baby. He missed the wife. He felt badly. It wasn't the wife, the girlfriend. He felt badly. He was distressed. He came back. He said, listen, now I can be your husband. I can, we can take the child. We can make a home. It's all different now. And so the young woman, thrilled to see him, spoke to the townspeople and said, Hakuin was never the father of the child. This is the father of the child. And oh my goodness, there was an uproar in the town. And of course, all of the townspeople, the blame turned back to praise once again. Oh, he's such a great, great Zen monk, such a great teacher, such a sacred person. Look how he behaved. Look how he's caring for the baby. And Hakuin heard about this, of course, and he said, oh, is that so? And all the food returned and all the offerings returned. And again, he, he received them and said, is that so? And then again, of course, the day came when the young mother and the, and the now her, now her husband, the father, came to Hakuin and said, we want the baby back. This is our baby. And without another word, with full arms and open heart, Hakuin returned the child to its parents and said, is that so? End of the little story. Beginning of our life, right? Is that so? So simple, so atomic. Hakuin in this story really exemplified for us the entire, not just Zen teachings, but the heart of life itself. And an important, important instruction about how to deal with it, how to be with it. For one thing, the changes, conditions, constantly changing, changing, changing on their own. One minute we're loved, <laughs> the next minute we're blamed, hated, rejected. The next minute, one minute we're given what might look like an enormous gift, the next minute it's taken away. Now we don't want this to happen. Nobody wants this to happen. We long for so-called so -called stability, consistency. We, we struggle for it. We, we work our whole life to create that kind of so-called stability, consistency. We want to know what to expect. And of course, of course, when someone behaves in a way that we agree with or that, we, that lives up to our standards and our wishes and our expectations, we heap endless praise upon them and make many offerings of all kinds to them. Admiration, perhaps gifts, perhaps the pleasure of company, whatever. And then again, once we hear that the same, maybe the very same person's behavior has not lived up to our expectations, our demands, our standards, boom, everything flips around. A great deal of blame, hate, rage, and we withdraw our friendship, our love, everything else. One, two, three, boom. 
This is the way of the world, what is called in Zen the way of samsara, which means simply the endless fluctuations of night and day, love and hate, friendship and the lack of friendship, on and on and on. The wheel turning, they say the wheel of samsara, because this pattern, this cycle, goes around and around and around. And when we do Zen practice, we step off that wheel, hopefully. <laughs> or we enter the wheel totally with no resistance to the wheel. And that's the same thing as stepping off the wheel totally. Same thing. Because when we enter, the way Hakuin's way was to end, and in this story, the way where they entered the wheel totally, oh yeah, I said yes. Is that so to everything that happened? Accepted it without struggle, without blame, without hating back, without fighting to change it? Yes, yes. Took the baby when the time came to receive a great gift, accepted it fully. When the time came to give it back, okay, gave the baby back. When the townspeople praised him, he accepted the praise. When, when they, the praise turned to hatred and blame, he accepted that as well. He didn't start defending himself, going on a march, protesting, carrying on, creating a big uproar. He said, okay, what did he say? He said, is that so? That's very important. We'll talk about his comment because that's very important. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that it's not good to go on marches or anything like that, that this is not a political discourse. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm just exploring this wonderful story, which is very important right now for all of us to hear. And also what's very important is what did he mean by is that so? It wasn't just... See, he was not reacting just simply in a knee-jerk way along with his complete acceptance of conditions. There was something else there, too. There was a question, a koan, a moment. He was inquiring. He was watching. He was looking. Is that so? Is this true? Is that really true? What is happening, really? Am I going to accept the way others define the moment? I'm a bad person. He said, is that so? I'm a good person. Is that so? Now, he wasn't getting caught in any of it. He, he was not going along with the way these events were being defined, the way they were being perceived or reacted to. Instead, by stepping off the wheel or stepping into it completely, he was holding a different position. Not right, not wrong, not left, not right. He wasn't getting into opposition. He wasn't getting into duality. He was staying in the middle of the wheel, in the very hub of the wheel, and questioning, pausing, holding his own center, holding a space of non-reactivity. That's what's so beautiful here. And saying, is that so? Is the way you're looking at it true? And just that question, just that question 
gives us a moment to breathe, <laughs> a pause. We don't jump into reactivity. We don't jump along with the townspeople and blame Hakuin or take away his food. And when we sit down on the cushion in in zazen, which we do, and which is such a always such an incredible moment. I know for me, whenever I I've been sitting so many years now, and when I actually even even this morning, every day when I actually sit down on that cushion, it's oh, it's like saying, oh, is that so? Stop everything come back home. It's like I'm coming back home to center. Stepping off that wheel. Now, what is that wheel of samsara? It's the wheel of happiness and sorrow. Receiving and losing. The constant fluctuations of wisdom and ignorance. (laughs) the constant fluctuations of life, night and day, friend and foe, on and on, that wheel which we live in the middle of. We are living in it as we live in our body, in our life, in samsara. And it's a definition of what what that is and where it takes us when we begin to go around. And Now, we can be taken by it and thrilled. Oh, I'm the most wonderful monk. I'm the best possible person. We could believe that. We could believe that when we believe it when we go along with it when we get our happiness from it we're not taking the role of Hakuman who stops and says is that so even when good conditions come he's not getting carried away by them he's not identifying with the conditions he's simply saying oh is that so even a condition that he might love Oh my goodness, this person loves me. I'm wonderful. Well, is that so? Are you wonderful because somebody praises you and loves you? Is that so? (laughs) Are you horrible because somebody can't stand you anymore and doesn't like you or finds all kinds of faults with you? Is that so? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful question, Koan. Wonderful to dwell upon this in our own life as well. A great uh, patriarch, Sosan, tells us that to separate what we like from what we dislike is the disease of the mind. Very beautiful. That's very beautiful. I'm very connected to this little story. To separate what we like from what we dislike, to attach to what we like, to seek it, try to make everything what we like and to run away from whatever we hate, to fight it, to change it, to kick it, to reject it. That's the disease of samsara itself because we're always going, conditions are always going around and around, changing, changing, changing. So this suggests a very new way to interact with the ever-changing conditions so that we're not tossed around by it, so that we're not ripped apart by these changing conditions. Someone told me the other day, oh my goodness, so many changes in my life so quickly. I'm ripped apart. That's very, very sad. I listened very deeply to the person who felt ripped apart. And I was thinking that so many of us do feel that way. And it's the when we go along with one moment, another moment, another moment, when we identify with it, when we fight it, 
Because when you fight it, you're getting attached to it too. You're engaging in a certain kind of way. It's different when we approach it the way this wonderful monk did in the story, accepted it totally, embodied it, became one with it. it but also said, is that so? Wasn't looking at it the way everyone else was. Pausing. A little distance between himself, not and the situation, but on the way he was perceiving it, the way he was taking it. So that in that, from that standpoint, even very, very rough moments become very beautiful. Very beautiful. Sometimes pain or sorrow, when fully accepted like that, turn into great joy. It's really a mystery how that happens, but it does. And you can say, is that so? <laughs> is that so? I love it. I love it. So listen, thank you for listening. We're getting a little bit closer to the end of the podcast for today. Um, I thank you for listening, and it's wonderful to be with you. The webpage for all of these podcasts is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. I will be offering a Zen talk um, on, I believe, the, let's see, let me get the date exactly right here. Yes, the 13th of November out in Manhasset at the Unitarian Universalist Church at 730 in the evening. If you're out on Long Island, please come on by and let's say hi. And also, um, my online Zoom class on sacred psychology, the foundations of spiritual counseling, starts this Tuesday night. It's going to be on Zoom, three weeks, one, one night a week. Um, you're most welcome to join us. If you want to learn more about that course, my webpage for that course is realspiritualcounseling.com. So thanks again. If you want to reach me, please do at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And I certainly wish that this day, every day, be a day where we can be like Hakuin in such deep oneness with whatever comes and with whatever goes. And to remind ourselves, whatever happens, is that so? Have a wonderful day.